Welcome to Subject Matter, where we help leaders navigate the tricky waters of building a company. We are shining a light on the subtleties that unlock empathetic communication, letting you build powerful relationships. I'm your host, Ben Bradbury, the founder of Astutely, and together we empower B2B leaders with messages that connect with their customers and employees, heads and hearts. And now, let's get into today's story. The saying goes, it's lonely at the top. Leading a company, it's challenging to know which ideas to execute on and which to drop. It requires a commitment to a singular vision and to instill that mission in your team and company. You're responsible for moving the company forward. And one wrong decision could open the floodgates to ruin or a great decision, the floodgates to opportunity. And this is why when everything's on the table, it's critical to have a sounding board in your inner circle. Sounding boards surface what you might be missing. As a CEO, there's not always someone there to bounce ideas off of. If you don't have a sounding board, your thinking isn't as refined. You're missing subtleties in your stories and strategy, which in turn creates dangerous blind spots in your ideas. The first step to unlocking your empathetic communication is identifying the subtleties in your story. And on today's episode, we come to understand how Phil Knight, the CEO of Nike, used a sounding board to unlock his story's subtlety and build one of the world's most iconic brands. It's 1962, and young Phil Knight is traveling around Asia, Africa, and Europe. Even though he knew he wanted to do something in the shoe business, Nike wasn't even an idea yet. But of all of his travels, he admired the Temple of Athena in Greece as one of the standouts. And at that temple, the goddess was thought to bring victory, and she was called Nike. In the temple, Knight noticed a carving of Athena bending down to adjust her shoe. Now, months later, flying over to Japan and in a boardroom filled with Japanese shoe executives, Knight pitched the Onitsuka company on the vast opportunity for a Japanese shoe manufacturer to enter America while undercutting Adidas, the dominant brand at the time. For his company name, Knight reflected back to his childhood bedroom wall in Portland, Oregon, being decorated with blue ribbons from running track and selling his first shoes at meets out of the trunk of his car. And he landed on naming his company Blue Ribbon Sports. Fast forward nine years, and Blue Ribbon's relationship with Onitsuka had soured over distribution rights, slow shipments, and creating new shoe designs. This was a sign tonight that it was time for him to start his own shoe manufacturing company. Remember how at the time you don't know whether something will be a great idea or not? You only really know with the gift of hindsight? Well, Nike wasn't always Nike. And even though it's a billion dollar brand today, it certainly hasn't always been that way. And at the time, Phil Knight was desperately looking for a new name. And he originally proposed Dimension 6. The reaction? Everybody hated it. They described it as unspeakably bad. Now imagine that you are in Phil Knight's shoes, his running shoes to be precise. 
I want you to empathize with him for a second. This is the company that you have put everything into for nearly a decade. You could go out on your own and trust your judgment here, as sometimes CEOs have to do. But when you received no positive feedback on your idea from your sounding boards, that's a serious red flag in your strategy. And this is what happened, because full-time employee number one, as he was described in Shoedog, salesman Jeff Johnson, had a flash of inspiration in a dream, in fact, after seeing the winged goddess of victory come to him, and he proposed naming their fledgling company Nike. It had effective properties, like other iconic brands that are short with a strong sound like Clorox, Kleenex, Spanx. Furthermore, Nike is the goddess of victory, so there's obvious alignment there. And so Johnson approached Phil Knight, who was on a completely different line of how to name the company, and pitched this Nike idea to him. At first, Knight thought it was trite, and it was far from love at first sight. But Johnson dealt with the backlash and persisted until eventually Knight stopped resisting. They moved forward and came along with the slogan, just do it. And the rest, as we know, is history. Without a doubt, Johnson was Knight's sounding board. Knight had the initial subtlety of the meaning of victory from his travels in Greece, and Johnson helped to refine it by personifying the idea into the form of the Greek goddess Nike. Who knows where Nike would be now without the help of the sounding board that Johnson served for Knight? Would the company still be one of the most valuable global apparel brands today if named Dimension 6? We might be living in a world without the iconic swoosh on the shoes of athletes competing for victory, without Jeff Johnson's courage to come forward with his idea and act as Knight's sounding board. The truth is that many minds combined is often better than one. And that's why the sounding board is so powerful, because Johnson had Knight's best interests at heart. He served as an objective observer, providing a clear perspective by cutting through the noisy thoughts of other names and identifying the subtleties in Phil Knight's story, the statue that he saw bending down to tie her shoe that he visualized as the symbol of their company. If you're interested in learning more about the power of sounding boards, you can listen to episode 15 of this season, How a Game Can Show You Why You Need a Sounding Board in Your Life, and episode 20, Lessons from Opera, Why Sounding Boards Unlock Leaders' Potential. The important thing to remember today is that the word or phrase you choose to brand yourself with can fundamentally alter how people perceive your brand. So recruit the support of a sounding board to hone your message. You never know what exactly will resonate with your audience. There's three specific takeaways that we can learn from the relationship between Phil Knight and full-time employee number one, Jeff Johnson. Firstly, expect some pushback to create the most effective results. It was only through Jeff Johnson coming up with the Nike brand and pushing past Phil Knight's initial skepticism that would springboard Nike's brand to the position where it is today. And obviously there's a lot of ifs and buts here, but I personally think there's a world of difference between a brand called Dimension 6 and a brand called Nike. Who knows, of course. 
The point is though that the easy way is not always the best. So realize when additional support might be necessary while knowing that it could potentially create some tension all in service of your common purpose of creating something better together for your company. The second takeaway is to empathize with your customer and put yourself in their shoes. If your audience is athletes, then they value winning. They want to be on the top of the podium, not at the bottom holding a wooden spoon. By having Nike, the goddess of victory, as their symbol, the company associated themselves with victorious performers. They made the customer feel understood. And third and finally is, of course, to use a sounding board to reflect on the subtleties in your own life that makes your brand and business unique. When Knight admired the Temple of Athena in Greece with Nike, the goddess of victory, he saw that as a great experience, but Johnson saw the potential in that as a brand. And that was the blind spot that Johnson was able to pick up on and could bring prosperity to Knight's business that he was overlooking. These subtleties of changing the brand from Blue Ribbon Sports to Dimension 6 to eventually Nike don't happen naturally. Knight could only find his iconic brand with the support of a sounding board. So for you today, collaboration is key in your ideation phase when you are figuring out strategy. Use other people's perspectives to spot the subtleties you're missing. It could be lonely leading an organization at the top. So whether you're in the boardroom or on the front lines of your office, use others to refine your thinking and find what resonates with your customers or employees. You won't look back once the subtlety in your story is unlocked and powering your empathetic communication. So in the wise words of Nike's slogan, just do it. Hey, it's Ben here. Just before you head off, one quick thing. This podcast teaches you the skill of empathetic communication. And if you're interested in accelerating your empathetic communication and to start applying it to your brand and business, we've created an actionable five-step checklist, which breaks down the exact steps you need to take to unlock this skill and start creating messages that connect with your customers and employees' heads and hearts. You can download it for free over on our website, weareastutely.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Subject Matter.